Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, Dak Prescott, or Dak Prescott, played very, very well. Still not enough. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Want to hear from you on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Beginning of the show, Joe wrote the Cowboys off completely. They are done in terms of winning a championship this season, and I feel like the Eagles are absolutely winning a championship this year. 888-SAY-ESPN is your number. We will hit some of your calls. Lines are open for that. We have a technical issue with Joe. He'll be back with us shortly. But in the meantime, we got to spend some time on Dak Prescott because there are plenty of instances where you can point to Dak Prescott and say that he has been a big part of the problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Yesterday was not one of those days. If we're being truthful with ourselves, the Cowboys did not win that game because it was a collective effort of not making enough plays when they needed to. You could point to Dak and say he stepped out of bounds on the two-point conversion. A huge, huge play in the game. Otherwise, it's being being played completely differently with – a field goal game as opposed to a five-point game. Yeah, he's got to be better there. But overall, that dude was staying in the pocket, trying to make plays all over the place, and made a lot of them. A couple of times, wasn't much he could do when Brandon Graham is doing what Brandon Graham does in big situations. And Josh Sweat just bull rushes, steal the right tackle. I mean, what are you going to do? You have no shot in that instance And he's going to take some sacks. You want to blame him for throwing the ball short of the goal line? He didn't throw it to the 10-yard line, guys. He threw it to the three. And if you look in the end zone at that point, obviously he's trying to go there first, second, and third. And it wasn't there. So what do you do? You then turn and throw the ball to your best player and hope that he can make a play. As opposed to just throwing it in the end zone for the sake of throwing it in the end zone. It would have been one thing if he threw it on a dump off or short to the 10-yard line or to the 5-yard line. He threw it to the 3. Dude threw for 375 yards and three touchdowns. He did his part. He did his part. The Cowboys completely dominated the fourth quarter of that game, but they only get six points out of it because you've got a rookie tight end who doesn't know to get a little bit closer to the goal line in that spot. Because you have Dak accidentally step out of bounds, that's going to happen. When he's trying to make a play down at the goal line, that's going to happen. Here's Dak after the game. Under a minute left, still got trust that that we're going to go out there and we're going to trust in faith uh, just in in our guys and what the work that we've put in that we're going to get it done. And, yeah, we we got close. Um, We got close. We're doing things the right way. Uh, We just got to 
an inch here, an inch there, uh, make that difference, and we'll find a way to, to, to gain that. Look, I don't think they're going to find a way at this point. The, the horse is starting to leave the barn on that. But if you're trying to blame the quarterback out of what happened yesterday, I don't want to hear it because it's completely unfair to him. As much as we destroy Dak Prescott when he doesn't play well, you have to step up and give him the credit he deserves when he does play well. Joseph, I can't sit here and point at Dak Prescott yesterday being a big part of the problem as to why the Cowboys didn't win the game. I can point to my wireless internet and the people out here in Las Vegas who control it, and I can say they're a big part of the problem. How about that? You think that works? If you're going to cheap out on it, that's on you. That's not on anybody else. I'll be, there will be a stern phone call made after this show based on everything that's just happened. I will never leave my man Carlin hanging like that ever again. I cannot believe it. But to your point on Prescott, I mean, it's very easy to treat him and identify him as a punching bag in Dallas. Stepping out of bounds on the two-point conversion late in the game, not being able to make a couple key plays down the stretch. But overall, if you said going into the game – Here's his box score. Here's what he's going to produce over the course of four quarters in Philadelphia. Do you think that's good enough to win? We would all sit there and say, yes, that should be good enough to win. His coaching and his defense should be able to step up and support that box score to the point where they win that football game. And they couldn't. The call on the goal line, uh, fourth down with 10 minutes to go when McCarthy went for it, they could have kicked there to make it a one-score game. They decided to go. The receiver could have ran a route to get into the end zone. He didn't. Blankenship made a good tackle for the Eagles to bring him down just shy of the goal line. So there were a lot of people in that game that could have made plays to support Dak. He was not perfect, but he was good enough to win that game, Carlin. He was in every way. Here's Micah Parsons after the game. That's a freaking warrior. There's multiple times I was like, that's Dak mother Prescott, bro. Like, he's a dog. He's a warrior. Uh, it was, I got unbelievable amount of confidence in him. I thought he had a great game. Um, you know, I think people need to put more respect on him. He outplayed everyone today. Uh, okay, well, we don't need to go nuts, but he, he certainly was. <laughs> he certainly was, Joe, yesterday, the best player on the field. For the day, he was the best player on the field. I can't. He was there. Yeah. I, I Listen, I, I you want to blame him for stepping out of bounds? I'm not going to go nuts on that. I'm not going to do it. He's dancing on the sideline. Dude's trying to make it happen on his own. And he puts his arm out and he doesn't realize his right foot or his left foot, whichever one it was, was just on the on the uh, white. And all of a sudden, look, there's no getting around that if it's not, the game's a completely different game. It's a field goal game. Yeah. That's, but that's always the thing with Prescott. That's the thing that makes it so difficult for people to rise up and defend him. We can sit here today and we can make a case that he's not the reason they lost that game. He's not. Anyone with two eyes who watched the game understands exactly what went wrong there for Dallas and that he played well enough. But like there it was. Like as Dak, who's not a rookie, he's not in year two, a guy who's trying so desperately to rewrite the narrative about himself, a guy who's trying so desperately to rewrite the narrative for the Dallas Cowboys, to be able to make plays in the postseason, to be able to maybe get them to the Super Bowl, those are the plays you got to find a way to make. Like, yes, we're asking a lot of you. We're also paying you a lot. We're also putting you in the most marquee position in all of professional sports. Here it is 
on the table. We need you to be great. And he was very good yesterday, but he wasn't great. That would have been a great play to make near the end of that game, getting that two-point conversion. But he stepped out of bounds. And, yeah, he's not perfect. But that's the type of play you make consistently in a game of that magnitude to shut everybody up and rewrite the narrative. Because when you don't, it stays the way it stays. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Okay, but let me ask you this question, though. Based on that, if you're Jerry Jones and this team doesn't make it over the hump, but Dak plays like that the rest of the year, how are you treating him in the future as your guy? Is he your guy? That's where it gets or is difficult. It, yeah. Is he your guy if he's playing like this, but you still can't get over the hump against really good teams? Or is he just the guy that's filling the hole until I find the next guy? I think where we are right now with Prescott is that if he plays like this the rest of the way, he's still just filling time. Like you really have seen enough of this to know he's capable of this. What you want to see is the greatness. That's what they're waiting for. Like that was the big year with the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was 2012 and Joe Flacco. Do you remember that? They offered Flacco an extension in like August. He turned it down. He bet on himself in the last year of his deal. He put together one of the hottest postseason stretches in NFL history for a quarterback. And that's not hyperbole. Go back and look how he played in those games and what his stat lines were. He didn't throw a single interception through the playoffs. And then he beats the Niners in the Super Bowl and goes out there and gets that massive deal. Now, everyone could have told you when the Ravens were giving him that money, like, yeah, you're overpaying because he's never going to be that guy again. You're paying for that four-game run, and you're never going to get that again. And they never did get that again. But that's what Prescott's never done. Prescott has never had that run at that time. And I'm not saying he needs to run through and win the Super Bowl, but he's never gone into the postseason and put together three incredible performances, and then they just so happen to lose 42-40 in the NFC Championship game, and it's clearly not his fault. He's had the shortcomings, and that's why people continue to bang on him. And it's happened long enough where you start to realize he's probably never going to be able to raise to that next level. He's going to be very good. He's just not ever going to be great. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe reporting from parts unknown as we speak right now. (laughs) So much so they don't even have wireless internet wherever he is out in the desert. Uh, We appreciate uh, the fact that he has made the effort to get back so quickly on the air because we need the voice of Mr. Fortenbaugh. At least that's what they tell me here. I tried to make it a go alone, but they weren't having it for some reason. I don't know why that no, was. No, they shut that down immediately. They, they, know, they know how to butter their bread at ESPN. <laughs> now you got me thinking about lunch. Carla versus Joe, yeah, ESPN. Yeah, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. There's a new superstar in the NBA. Wemby, the deep catch, the turn, and the flush. And all season, Carlin versus Joe have their eyes on Victor Wimbenyama. That was so, so special. This is Wimby Watch. It's Victor Wembenyama Day. Yes, it is. We absolutely love Victor Wembenyama Day. Wemby Watch. Chris Garland, Joe Fortenbaugh, Joseph reporting some somewhere in the Great Salt Lake right now where they have no internet access. Joseph, have at it for a little Wemby Watch slash pizza money. Okay, so as everybody knows, with Wemby Watch, throughout the course of the season, we had been betting his over on turnovers. And through the first four games of the season, we were 4-0. Then the bookmakers in Game 5 moved his turnover prop up to 3.5, heavily juiced to over. Wemby only had two turnovers, and it went under in that game. So we're 4-1 on it, but we're going back to the over tonight because it's priced at plus 130. So we're going to go Victor Wembenyama over three and a half turnovers plus 130 wow. because we have been over this mark in 405, Carlin. Mm, I kind of like that. That That is not too shabby, my friend. Plus 130, a little more value than yes, I would have expected. Okay. Yes, exactly. Now, if it stayed at minus 160 or 70 where it was last time, we're going to pass on that. But they're going to go plus 130. We will take a shot on it. In addition, go ahead and play the Orlando Magic tonight, minus one and a half over the Dallas Mavericks. This is all about the scheduling spot. The Magic were off yesterday. The Mavericks were not. This is the second half of a road back-to-back. They were in Charlotte yesterday. They're in Orlando tonight. 
third game in four nights, fourth game in six nights, could be a little tired, and this Magic team has been pretty solid this season. So Wembenyama over three and a half turnovers plus 130, and the Orlando Magic minus one and a half over the Dallas Mavericks. You could just taste a win. It tastes so good. Until one player lets you down. This is public enemy number one. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joseph, this is a tough one yesterday. How about this? We got to go directly to D'Amico Ryans. First of all, what an amazing job in that game. Before we get to why D'Amico Ryans is public enemy number one, what an amazing job by the Houston Texans, by C.J. Stroud, how how fantastic he was with a record-setting performance for a rookie quarterback with 470 yards and five touchdowns. They rally to beat the Bucs. They do it at the tail end. Dear God, it was just absolutely fantastic. That in a second. Here's the problem. That touchdown gave the Houston Texans at the end of the game, with six seconds remaining, a two-point lead. Now, if you'll remember, in that game, the Texans had lost Kaimi Fairburn to an injury. So in the second half of the game, uh, what was the name of the guy who ended up kicking? It was uh, Ogunlie, Dare Ogunbowale, excuse me. The backup running back for the Texans was the kicker for kickoffs and made a 29-yard field goal uh, in the fourth quarter. Problem, though, Joe, with a two-point lead, D'Amico Ryans decides, I'm not going to send Ogunbowale out there. I'm completely butchering his name, and I apologize. Uh, because if you block a field goal and return it, that's two points, and that could tie the game. So instead, D'Amico Ryans decides to take a knee on the PAT, and of course... Of course, the Texans were favored by two and a half. Okay. Okay. Lots to unpack here. From a gambling perspective, my heart goes out who had the Houston Texans. That is a very tough beat. It's an outlier situation of the highest magnitude. Kickers getting hurt, very rare. The inability to kick an extra point late in the game so you take a knee. It. My, <laughs> I have felt those pains before. I am with you. Sympathy, empathy, all of it. But, and there's a big but here, it's a D'Amico Ryans for understanding the situation and putting his team in the best possible position to win that game. He knows that if a backup, not even a backup kicker, a backup running back comes in and somehow something goes haywire, if something goes haywire on the two-point conversion, anything that can cost them that win he took those options off the table and took a knee. People can argue it however they want, but when you remove the gambling aspect from it, I am thoroughly impressed with the decision-making of D'Amico Ryans, a rookie head coach. Well, I got to say, there's a lot of veteran head coaches out there that probably find a way to make a different decision there and possibly jam their teams up. So uh, from a betting perspective, it's an absolute gut punch. But from a game management decision, job well done by Ryans. Four and four through eight games. This is how quickly a good quarterback can transform a franchise, ladies and gentlemen. Other teams stumbling all over themselves, 
Houston makes the right decision on Stroud, and boom, they are off and running in their next era. Well, Stroud has been absolutely phenomenal. And Joe, listen, the last thing I ever want to do is point out yet again that I felt that C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback of the entire draft. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to point out (laughs) that I have been telling you all along that this was the case, Joe? But having said that, yeah, we were right about this. And we've been talking about C.J. Stroud here for several weeks now. And he has done so much to prove a couple of things. Number one, how dumb does that stupid cognition test look now that quarterbacks take that could have contributed to him not being the number one pick? How yeah. dumb does that thing look, <laughs> right? It, they, they, it looks terrible. Yeah, they changed it from the wonder lick. It's now something else to help processing information. Yeah, I don't think he's having much trouble processing information right now, Joe. <laughs> I think Bryce Young did very well on that test. He yet did? He's having a lot of trouble processing information. <laughs> uh, number two, when I look at what's going on in Houston, I can't think that – anything but big things are coming for that combo it's and I, I get it things change quickly right but he's playing so well but your point about ryan's dude has a feel for the game knows what he's doing good defensive coach even though gave up 37 points yesterday they still are a team that is clearly clearly on the rise i very much love where the Houston Texans are headed right now. And to me, that what are they, four and four now? I mean, Joe, yep. they're a team that a year from now, I think we're going to be talking about as a playoff team. Well, keep this in mind. They came into the season with one of the worst rosters in the NFL. It's not like they have a great roster and then plugged in a head coach and or the roster is depleted all over the place. They're going to have a bunch of money to spend, and they're going to have the ability to really ramp this thing up. This is why, this example in Houston, this is why people like me don't really shed a tear for organizations like the Chicago Bears or the Las Vegas Raiders or what the New York Giants are going through because some of these organizations just stumble and fumble all over themselves. They can't figure out coach. They can't figure out quarterback. Like, look at the Saints right now. Does anyone actually believe Dennis Allen is the answer at head coach for that franchise? This, is, this Saints team is a perfect example of the only time in history a team is leading a division, coming off a win, and should fire their head coach based on the way that game was handled yesterday. Like, <laughs> Allen shouldn't be their guy, but they're not going to do anything about it. Derek Carr is not going to be the answer at quarterback. The Saints are just going to waste their time with those two guys. All due respect to them, but they're going to waste their time. So many of these franchises, they just can't figure it out at coach. They can't figure it out at quarterback. And yet, here you go. Houston, who had been stumbling all over itself for a while, went out there and hired a guy in D'Amico Ryans who came from San Francisco. He understands how to build a culture of toughness, how to get guys to play for him, how to win the locker room. They draft. C.J. Stroud, number two overall. Anyone who watched the Ohio State-Georgia playoff game knew the kid could play. You didn't need a cognition test to see that he could play against the best team in the country in a matchup where Georgia had beaten up everybody that year. Stroud was awesome in that game. That's the only tape you ever needed to see. So I'm sorry if I don't have tears for franchises like New Orleans, 
Chicago, Arizona, Las Vegas, when I see it done so quickly in Houston. Joseph, in just moments, we have some breaking news from the NFL as one injury makes us wonder if it's actually going to help the future of a franchise and a very important decision. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane. Everybody strap in. This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. That's right. It is the NFL takeoff every Monday, part one at this time. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We take you through every single game and get you what you need to know. So let's go. Eagles 28, Cowboys 23. Well, we've been talking about it quite a bit, Joseph, but what it boils down to for me is this. The Philadelphia Eagles make plays at the end of the game when they need to. Josh Sweat with the big sack. They obviously stop uh, C.D. Lamb short. They nearly handed the game away, but they're able to put it all behind them. And how about this? This little nugget. File this one away as an impressive statistic that we may not have known. You know that Jalen Hurts just for the 12th consecutive time beat a team with a winning record, and that ties an NFL record. How he's everything about you want that? in a leader, in a quarterback. He's playing hurt, but he's not making any excuses. He just shows up every single day and gets the job done. Philadelphia has looked very impressive. They were facing adversity late. They found a way to close it out. To me, Mike McCarthy, once again, if you can't handle game management strategies, why did you take on the play calling? Because with 10 minutes to go in that game yesterday, you were down two scores. Fourth and goal, very short. Kick the field goal. Keep it, move it to one score. It's not like you were facing the Ray Lewis-led Baltimore Ravens or the Legion of Boom or the 85 Bears. There was 10 minutes left in the game. Kick the field goal, put the pressure on Philly, but no, no, no. We're going to decide to get aggressive and go for it. Then, as a play caller, we're going to call a play where the quarterback throws the ball to a pass catcher who's going to be about six inches shy of the goal line. 
Everything about that was a disaster and highlights why you don't have to worry about this team making a deep playoff run because mistakes like that will always get punished against the best teams in the NFL and the best teams in the NFL are the ones you're going to face in the playoffs. As I said earlier, we know the phrase, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. The Cowboys punched a gift horse in the mouth yesterday. Ravens 37, Seahawks 3. I mean, you talk about it from pillar to post beatdown. This is exactly that. I'm going to come out of this game with the Ravens having 298 yards rushing. Uh, I still don't know what the other kid's name was besides Gus Edwards, who ran for all those yards for the Ravens yesterday. And Joe, I ask you simply this question. Are the Ravens the best team in the AFC right now? No. No, I listen. I be careful. I was big on the Ravens before the season started. I I, I love the way they smash people. The defense is elite. They are well coached. They check every box. There's 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 an issue though, and that issue is I've seen this before. They remind me, and this is going to sound so disrespectful to the Ravens, but they remind me of the Philadelphia 76ers. They handled the regular season very well, and then in the playoffs, there's always just some issue that creeps up. They commit too many mistakes. I mean, yesterday, Lamar Jackson has a fumble. Odell Beckham's holding the ball like a loaf of bread right before the half. He fumbles it. Thankfully, the defense bails him out, but I don't know. I love what the Ravens are doing. I'm, I'm, I think it's a fun story. I'm not going to call them the best in the AFC because I've seen this before. They're another one of those teams that once you get to the playoffs, are you going to be able to string together three clean games to get to the Super Bowl? This version looks like it could, but I still remember them laying big eggs, smelly eggs, against the Steelers and the Colts earlier this year. I don't like that imagery. Smelly eggs. Yeah, Eat. it's not going to help anyone around lunchtime. No, it's not. Raiders 30, Giants 6. What an embarrassment for the Giants. Now, look, I feel awful for Daniel Jones. Uh, it was confirmed just a little while ago by Brian Dable that he tore his ACL and he's out for the rest of the year. And next thing you know, you got Tommy DeVito out there. The Raiders, they certainly responded to Josh McDaniels. And uh, it's pretty clear that uh, there was not a lot of love lost for Mr. McDaniels as he made his way out the door earlier in the week. Culture is king. If you don't figure out your culture in your family, your business, your team, you're not going anywhere. Talent won't matter. It's not going to overcome culture. Play calling, game management, it's not going to overcome culture. McDaniels has shown two times in a row he's a culture killer. And the second they got rid of him, that was the best offensive output they've had. If you're the, the New York Giants, that's as embarrassing as it gets. There's nothing else to say. That is as embarrassing as it gets. Vikings 31, Falcons 28. How about Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs, who has basically been on about 10 teams in the last year, calendar year, gets traded earlier this week after, Joe, his furniture had just arrived in Arizona for the new house they bought. He gets oh. traded again. He hasn't even met the receivers, and he goes there yesterday and wins the game for the Minnesota Vikings. That was an amazing, amazing day for Josh Dobbs. And here's what I love about that, Joe. For a guy like that, who has been a journeyman his entire career, you hope that they get a few of those moments in their career. That was a special one. Josh Dobbs, if you're listening to this, we would love to have you on this show. Yeah, you we are would. an incredible story, an incredible story. I don't think I ever hear you complaining. 
Yeah. You know what? I don't think I ever hear you complaining. You just show up and you make plays. I would like everyone who's listening to this show right now to think about Josh Dobbs and then to think about James Harden. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Pretty well done right there. Commanders 20, Patriots 17. It's time, Bill. It's time. Two and seven. Oof. Dear God. It is, it is painful to watch the New England Patriots right now. And here's what's odd. The Patriots could honestly be in a fight for the number one overall pick. The question is, who's going to make that pick? I don't know what to say that hasn't already been said. I mean, that commander's team this week told the entire world, yeah, we're done. We're going to fire sale and get rid of some of our best players and see what kind of picks we can get in return. And then they went to New England and they beat the Patriots. Like that's, again, we thought it was bad with the Giants losing to the Raiders. This is as, ugh, this is rock yeah. bottom right here, man. This is rock yeah. bottom. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, not much. Packers 20, Rams 3. Listen. You got Brett Rippon as your quarterback going into Green Bay. Probably not going to go too well. I know they're a little more pumped up by how Jordan Love played yesterday, 20-26, 2-28, uh, threw for a touchdown, uh, did not throw a pick in the game. I'm not going to get too worked up by it. The Rams, as we said, are not nearly as bad as we would have expected them to be, but they can't win a game with Brett Rippon at quarterback. The problem for the Rams is that they were so close coming into the season to realizing it was time to reboot everything. You had spent a ton of money. You had given up a ton of assets to win a Super Bowl. You did that. This year looked like the perfect opportunity to just bottom out, tank the season, and get your new quarterback as Matthew Stafford hopefully rides into retirement. And then they went out and they won a handful of games early, and then it all fell apart late, and now they're kind of stuck in that middle ground where they probably are going to end up winning too many games to take themselves out of contention for a new quarterback in the draft. So I'll tell you what, I love what McVay's done. I still think he's a phenomenal coach. Good win for the Packers, but I'm not going to read too too much into that given the no. situation they were facing against the Rams. I will give you this one nugget. Pop quiz. Last time the Rams scored three points in a game, Super Bowl 53. <laughs> Yeah, the Patriots. Boy, the Patriots have come full circle as well. They really have. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph from Superchargers, Exhaust Kits, and more. eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Why the Daniel Jones injury for the Giants could actually solve a massive issue. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Daniel Jones falls down back at the 36-yard line, and his knee looked a little bit gimpy there. Max Crosby took him down, and during the entirety in between the first and second quarters, he was stretching out that leg. Tough. You never want your guys to go down. You know, he's worked really hard to get back, and it's unfortunate. He felt like he buckled, and then he was running it off. We went over to him. We talked to him. He said, Mom, I'm good. Then went back in, and obviously wasn't. Feel awful for Daniel Jones coming off the neck injury, and then you have that happen yesterday, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. They find out that today, uh, confirmed by Brian Dable just a little while ago, that he in fact did tear his ACL and he is out for the rest of the season. First things first, here's Dable just a little while ago on what he said to Jones this morning. I talked to him obviously on the plane before you know he got the MRI. Um, and then really, I just saw him for 30 seconds here before I came into this uh, this press conference just to go down. He was having a meeting with the doctors, uh, just interrupted and you know, told me that what it was, gave him a hug. And um, that's my extent of it right now, Tom. Honestly, that I, I feel terrible for Daniel Jones, but at the same time, and I don't mean to be maudlin about it. I don't think he was the guy to begin with, Joe. And they handed him the money this offseason in a lot of ways because they didn't have much of a choice. The good news is they structured it in a way that they didn't fully believe that he was the guy, that they could get out of it after next year. So now you've got Tommy DeVito. Tyrod Taylor's on IR. The Giants are 2-7. and seven. They're headed for pursuing the number one overall pick right now they have the fourth pick in the draft if the season ended today so with that in mind if you're the giants you got to be looking hard at this right i mean for pete's sake joe shane was already at usc washington the other night watching Penix and caleb williams bomb out bomb yep. out if you're the giants there's there's nothing left to do here there's nothing left to do this season has been an abject failure you came in with unreasonably high expectations based on last season. More on that in a moment. It has been a complete disaster offensively, defensively, on the offensive line, at the quarterback position, from a coaching perspective, you name it. There is absolutely no reason for this organization to spend another moment trying to win any football games. What are you going to do? You get chased down the Eagles for the division? Okay. That, 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 that's ridiculous to even think. So right now the attention has to turn who do you have on that roster that you want to bring back? Who are you going to get rid of? Who can you find in free agency? Who can you identify, draft, and develop through the draft next year? It's got to start with the quarterback position. If Dable's coming back, great. Get him in the room and start figuring out who it's going to be. Because the worst thing, and this is so ridiculous to say, but it's true. The worst thing that happened to this franchise in a long time is them having success last season. Them, them winning those Agreed. games and putting together that season and getting to the playoffs and beating the Vikings, as exciting as it was as a Giants fan, it, it just clouded the judgment of who you really were and how far away you were. And it also led you to the idea that you should re-sign Daniel Jones. And I know, I know you can get rid of him after next year. You would have been better getting rid of him before this year, right? Like, it's just... you. Because they won those games, they sat there and they're like, well, the best season Jones has ever had is under Dable. Dable's the coach of the year. This thing's really cooking. Maybe he's the guy. It clouded everybody's judgment. And there's no way you go back in time and you, like, intentionally lose those games, right? But just 
figuring out a way to win as many games as they did last year, it actually ended up setting them back, which is which is worse. It really is. I mean, is that crazy to think? No, no, absolutely not. I, it was fool's gold. If you thought otherwise coming into this season, looking at what the schedule was last year versus this year, you weren't being realistic about it. And, and let's talk about that, the best, Joan, uh, best uh, season under Dable. He threw 15 touchdowns last year. Like, is that a great season? He he, he didn't turn it over. He had five picks. Okay, great. So you're the guy that's not going to turn it over for us. That's inspiring. Again, I feel terrible for him having to go through this. But at the same time, Joe, two weeks from today, the Giants have their Super Bowl. Or two weeks from yesterday, the Giants have their Super Bowl. They play, uh, excuse me, three weeks. Thanksgiving weekend, it's their Super Bowl. They host the New England Patriots. Oh, God. You got to lose that game. They're tied with the Patriots right now. Here's what we got. Right now, Cardinals have the number one pick at one and eight. Then it's the Bears with both of the next two because they have Carolinas. Carolina, of course, right now at one and seven. The Giants, the Patriots, also at two and seven. Like, you're you're fighting against those two teams. Unfortunately, like the only other team that you're playing head to head later in the year that would even be in the mix is the Rams. <laughs> Jeez, like I, you've got your Super Bowl right there. Yeah, you got to figure this out. You got to figure this out. You got. I, I I don't see this is this is the other thing you got to work on. How many of these quarterback prospects that are coming out are viable top ten guys? Yeah. Like, if you're in the top two picks, right now it feels like Caleb Williams from USC and Drake May are those two guys that are worthy of those two picks. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've watched hours of Drake May's tape. That's for Mel Kuyper or Matt Miller. We'll get one of them on the show, and we'll go over all that. But mm-hmm. I've watched some games, and I like what I see, and I've watched plenty of Caleb Williams, and I like what I see, and I can understand if they're the first two picks in the draft. But if you're sitting three or lower, is there anyone else worthy of that? Bo Nix from Oregon is having a hell of a season, but I don't know if he's worthy of the third overall pick. Michael Penix isn't exactly 21 years old. He's a lot older. He's injury prone. He's a little bit smaller. I don't know as great as we've seen him play in college if that's going to translate to the NFL. So if you're sitting outside of the top two picks, I wonder if there's a quarterback there that's actually worth that selection or if you find yourselves reaching that early in the draft. I just don't know at this point. It feels like if you're top two, you're good. After that, a lot of question marks, Carlin. All right, so I'll give you a couple real quick off of uh, our friend Mike Tannenbaum's 33rd team site. They do an amazing job uh, of breaking down all the games and of the draft and everything. If you haven't checked it out, the 33rdteam.com. little plug for Mike right there. Caleb Williams, (laughs) all right? Drake May, they have going in the first four picks. Uh, Then beyond that, Bo Nix, they have eighth to Tampa Bay. They have uh, Penix going 14th to the Raiders. And then they have one more quarterback. It is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan going to the Vikings at 20. So you're looking at four guys that they have first-round grades on right now. See, the Penix one is the one that feels like we're watching him in college football and we think, oh, this kid's going to be a star. To your point, Penix, by the way, is 24 years old already. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Between that... The injuries, 
the system he plays out in Washington. And I don't want to knock the kid. It just feels like we go through this every year and we have these kids we watch in college football we fall in love with. He's been fantastic. He's a Heisman favorite. But then it feels like we get to the draft process and all of a sudden he might not even be a first-round guy. Like, I could see if Penix ends up not being a first-round guy. I could see that happening. So when we're these, – these teams, like, you have an advantage if you're the Giants. If you're going to bomb out this season, you can get involved in this decision-making process, this thought process, this draft process now. It's the big advantage they have in Formula One. When you're Red Bull and you're as far away – from the rest of the pack as they are, they can already turn their attention to spending their money and developing next year's car, which gives them an edge next year over the field as well. Look at that. An F1 comparison. Look what can you. I do? Uh, it's amazing. And, and this is a man who's been nothing but aggravated by F1 traffic for the last year in Vegas. Well, that's yeah. coming up in a couple of weeks. You sound like you're locked in on that. Uh, yeah, that is a week from this coming weekend. There's a lot going to be happening next year. I haven't been able to find anyone at the company yet willing to give me um, access or tickets. So I got to get back to work on that. That's something I haven't been able to achieve. Well, let's get to work. I mean, <laughs> freebies. Let's go. Are you all listening? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.